Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast. On the episode today, our guest is Vibhor Kumar, who is the CEO and co-founder at Unscramble. Vibhor, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's a good morning here in Singapore. Fantastic. Vibhor, before we get started, some of the broad themes that we want to discuss today, let's set some context for the listeners. Who are you? What do you do? What is Unscramble? And also tell us a little bit about your journey. Okay, sure. So as you pointed out, Abhash, I'm Vibhor Kumar, CEO and co-founder of Unscramble. Uh, we set up Unscramble in 2013, and uh, over the years, we have uh, developed a very concrete offering, which is now morphed into a data analyst, an AI-powered data analyst, that lets business users converse with their data in collaboration platforms like Microsoft Teams, Slack, Zoom, and others. So, so that's what we do in a nutshell uh, about my journey, specifically uh, uh, let me start with the beginning. And uh, I uh, back then, uh, I started coding at the age of around 10, 10 wow. years. And, and and coding and technology has been has been my passion along and along the way, there have been dreams and aspirations that have built up, but uh, I've, I've never left coding, right? I still delve into coding, even being a CEO once in a while, even to this day. So I I got admitted into one of the IITs back in India. I decided that's not the end of my technical journey. I went on to do my PhD from Georgia Tech in Computer Science. And uh, after that, and as, as I spoke about my dreams and aspirations, uh, one of the dream was to join uh, IBM's TJ Watson Research Center, uh, because that was one of the most coveted corporate research labs uh, back in the day. And, and I decided to join that. So spent a good amount of time there. It's been five, six years there, filed multiple patents, did a lot of research, very interesting work on real-time analytics that we did there. And as an offshoot of that was uh, what we did at Unscramble. So we started delving into analytics, real-time analytics, and then we eventually realized that um, in organizations, what is needed more importantly than real-time analytics, real-time insights, or just the insights, just making this consumable by the business users. That's the smallest challenge that we can solve and that will have a huge impact. So that's where that has been my journey and that has been the journey of the offense scramble as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you've been, you've been building a company for what, eight years now? Uh, yeah. Let me ask you this question. What is harder, coding or people? <laughs> yeah, coding I can do in my sleep, but yes, managing people... Uh, is, is is much harder yeah yes. yeah code is hard uh, code is easy people are hard i i think yes. i've repeated this several times and uh, you definitely are agreeing with it but uh Vibor, when you say data and unscrambling this data uh, can you take us a little bit deeper on what that means like um for a person within that organization like you say, you know, this works inside Zoom, MS Teams, Slack. What does that look like? Sure. So I think as a result of pandemic, what has happened is that we have all moved to a new workplace, right? Uh, Zoom has become our new workplace. Microsoft Teams is a new workplace. And uh, I think as Mark Benioff 
once mentioned, like and and this was during his acquisition of Slack, right? It it brings together people, data, and tools, right? So it's the people, data, and tools are together in in one place. So this has now offered us a very unique opportunity that uh, besides your um, besides your colleagues, coworkers, a bot could also be your assistant. So what we we have coined this term of a digital sidekick, and it's always available available 24/7 and you could ask any question related to data it will come up come back with a prompt response and uh, you don't have to worry about where that data is coming from you don't Got need it. to worry about the visualizations and uh, so yeah, and, and and you can access this in a collaboration team as well so you could be um, uh, you could ask a question i could ask a follow up question and, and the context is maintained that's the beauty of uh, essentially interaction and uh, the what we want to achieve eventually is that this should all converge that that it should look as seamless as talking to an, another human data analyst got it got it so if i'm understanding it currently correctly uh, if i'm say a senior exec and i want to figure out you know how the employees are feeling maybe i fetch that data from the hrms if i am a product manager i want to understand um, you know which cohort of users is engaging with my product better so any sort of data from any source and this becomes the single source of truth for example indeed indeed and and we of course like uh, once we start giving this tool to the end users one thing we realize very quickly is that people have a perception about ai right and and that's what movies have created that's what media has created so if you just stop at um, hey how many employees got onboarded last month they would not want to stop it there like the, if if they see an increase in the onboarding they would want to know hey why, why was this increase there in the onboarding can you forecast how many employees would be onboarded next month right so the expectation from the ai is such that we could not just stop at bringing the data mm. people wanted insights as well and then it didn't stop there and and i think this is an interesting nugget that we have seen that people get tired of asking questions and and that's what we observed uh, with humans as well right I, a human data analyst that's passive you just ask him a question he'll he'll respond with it he's probably not the best ranked employee the best ranked employee is the one hey i found something interesting would you want to look at it and collaboration tools have now given us this opportunity that we can ping the users back when we see something interesting in the data so we initiate the conversations and that's the that's the beauty of ai that's a beauty of the space in which we are interesting so it's almost like i mean i'm i'm making a very weird connection here so there is an there is there are apps which you know uh, randomly pair you up with a coworker and, and this is all during the pandemic right so very yeah. similar to that this bot you know comes in with some information it will ping you saying that hey abhash i found this interesting nugget of information about right. this thing that you are interested in would you like to know more i'm guessing that's right. the sort of that's the sort of thing right and it it gets uh... i think we are approaching a true data democratization and true consumerization of data because we know what kind of questions you are interested in because you have been asking me and now based on that i may i may send you a different insight as opposed to your coworker right. so it. a lot of personalization being built into this thing got it now we are we doing all this data talk before and of course you know many many companies are by uh, design very very data driven right everything <laughs> they do uh which again could be a separate debate like how much of your decision should be driven by data versus you know uh some gut exactly. feeling and all of that mm-hmm. but 
what does let let's set some uh, baseline for the listeners. What does it mean to be a data driven organization? Okay, so so maybe let's take as you pointed out. Let's start with some examples, right? Sure. And uh, it's Netflix, Amazon, Google, right? Those are maybe the companies at the forefront of being data driven, right? Every decision, probably exactly. every hiring decision, everything is based on data, right? So data trumps everything, and. They so if you see the data spectrum, right? It um, you start with raw data, you can derive insights from it. From insights, you can lead to decisions, and then you lead to actions, right? So in in these companies like Netflix, Amazon, I think the human is completely out of the loop. They are just uh, they are just maintaining the code base that that drives this pipeline from data to actions. There's no human involvement. Probably there's some oversight, a few things. But a lot of people don't even know how the Google search ranks its algorithm, right? Or how how maybe Netflix makes a recommendation decisions, right? So at the at the extreme end of like uh, being a data driven organization, as much as there is a lot of uh, hue and cry about the BI tools and consumption and a few other things, nobody needs to consume this data. If the machine can consume, make that make the decisions, run the actions, that's the that's the zenith of it. But yes, everybody cannot be there, and maybe some com- uh, some some domains are regulated as well. So let's let's go down a level lower, and that would be maybe banks, telcos, uh, maybe insurance companies, right? Where people are interested in looking data, they want to run campaigns based on it. Maybe in HR tech, there are people who are making hiring decisions based on that. They need to look at data. So in 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 those industry-wise companies and 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 stuff like that, I think consumption is the issue. Right. Mm. Everybody thought that I will uh, get in another cloud or a platform and it will solve all my issues because I've collected all the data. That didn't help. On top of it, people started building machine learning algorithms. Maybe that will solve my problems. But the problem was that the, it it was a human element. The humans didn't want to consume data. You still go back and 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 there's plenty of uh, jokes about it. Right. Excel probably drives most of the organizations around the world. <laughs> And uh, so, so that continues to be the friction point. Right? Excel is the most seamless way in which business users consume data. But that is where, and again, I'm butting in unscramble again, but maybe a simpler form of uh, consumption for business users. Hey, could I just ask? Yeah. Because I don't want to look at the dashboard. I, I just want to ask, why is my revenue down compared to last week? And uh, I don't want to dig through these charts and figure out why it was. So I think if you solve the consumption problem, we go to the next level and eventually people will realize maybe humans need to be out of the loop. They just need to be the makers of such system, monitors of such system and makes, make things, make sure things are working mm. in synchrony uh, with, with the business objectives. Understood. Understood. Now, of course, you know, the sort of audience that we have is more mm. interested on the human side of business, right? Sure. And, uh, I mean, we will not go to the extreme of the human side of business, <laughs> but but in terms of in terms of hiring data, employee engagement data, uh, what sort of insights do you see companies uh, looking for? Uh, right. I'm, I'm guessing there are several companies that do a lot of this right. HR related data as well, right? And maybe specifically at your company also, how do you use uh, this sort of uh, people data? to make decisions definitely so l- let me start with the, some interesting article i read about uh, interactions within microsoft teams and the impact sure. of sure. covid on that right and that that gives an insights on like what's probably happening across the industry 
So that study found that um, like the cliques are starting to form within an organization because there is no more face-to-face interaction. So cliques always exist in, in organization that, and these are not uh, the negative connotation of it. Uh, these are departments, these are subgroups, subteams. So the when when pandemic started, there was a lot of cross-clique interaction as well. People were, were interacting, people were moving around from the, one group to another. But once pandemic set in, and, and I think four, five, six months as, as, as the as the stress is, is started to come in, people became more clique-centric. The and, and this is based on I think the interaction within Microsoft Teams of how how many people are interacting, how they're interacting. So the cross-clique interaction, cross-group interaction have reduced. The movement of people from one group to another has reduced. So that is that is a very interesting insight that I, I, I thought, and we could actually derive such insights from the interaction that is happening anyways. And we just passively look at this data and you start finding out these issues that are happening. Maybe you need to bring some people on site. Maybe you'll mm-hmm. start deriving insights that, uh, hey, these different groups different need to come together more often and uh, because until groups collaborate innovation doesn't happen sometimes because people get so used to things so yeah so that's where uh, yeah some of the yeah, applications would come into picture that's that's where the debate of remote versus hybrid also comes into play right yeah. uh for us, for example, at Springworks, we are a fully remote company. We took that decision mm-hmm. last November. Right. So we are never coming back to office. But I do see some merit there. I mean, uh, you know, this uh, cross-collaboration, cross-team collaboration, the conversations that happen in the hallways where you typically meet someone from, if you are, say, I'm coming from marketing team. So you meet someone from yeah. ops or sales and they, you know, just relay an anecdote to you that hey you know this user right, is right. asking me about this and then you come up with some mark. i do understand the merits of that uh but how much of office work is uh you know soft work versus actual work <laughs> right. and all of that right like like what right. are your thoughts on that spectrum and I, and, and there is no correct answer or wrong answer to right, this, right right so, and i think this is these are just opinions and and i think exactly. as humans we we will evolve to live with this as well, right? And and there are there are positive impacts of, of this. There are negative impacts of this, um, and uh, like and 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 the stating opinions. I think uh, remote work is here to stay. Uh, people are uh, were earlier resistant to it, but now people have figured out ways and means to work around it. And people are realizing, hey, I don't have to commute for one hour or two hour every day, and uh, I'm saving that time. People are getting very used to tools, collaboration tools, like not just Teams, Zoom, Slack, but also Jira and uh, so many Trello and others, right? And they're figuring out ways to work. I think the social capital, if you call yeah. it, is running out. Yeah. So the that camaraderie that, uh, hey, could you help me just for this task? And, and because I have a deadline next week, slowly that will uh, go away, right? And, and maybe there have to be active mechanisms put in the company to make sure that social capital continues to be built. Um, other than that, yeah, plenty of thoughts cross my mind, but yes, I'm blanking out right now, but let's let's continue with this. What about the organization complex itself? Do you think there will be, uh, again, this is, you know, sort of crystal mm-hmm. ball gazing, looking into the future. Mm-hmm. If you have, you know, thought about this, 
10 years down the line do you see organizations right. existing in the current form as in you know you hire 1000 people full time or do you see a very very small core team and then you hire right. experts for like 3 months 6 months right. say for example again i'm coming from this marketing background right. say you want to take a new product to market so you bring on a gtm right. expert you take their help for 6 right. months and then you offboard them what what right. do you see the future of the organization looking like i and 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 again i maybe have a have a fairly pronounced view on that and i have i don't have data to support it sure, but sure, sure. Uh, i think the what what will happen as, as you rightly pointed out in the latter half of your conversation i think there will be a core team core teams are are necessary to drive vision mm-hmm. but but it will involve a lot of gig workers i think yeah. gig employment is going to be the in thing people might be working on two three projects simultaneously the the idea of having a thousand employee company may just disappear people will work from wherever they want to work from anecdotally i'm seeing uh, a lot of engineers is starting to move into like tier 2 tier 3 cities where yeah. they enjoy being closer to their parents like and, and technology is allowing you to do that and they're making a decision i'll i'll just go and work there and suddenly they realize actually it's not bad it's it's actually the same thing so i think the core team will come together there is still some human element to it okay. uh, driving the vision because a lot of soft things happen at the executive level yeah. right and, and 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 a lot of guesswork happens there but once there is a concrete item to be done hey this website needs to be built there is this uh, campaign needs to be done those could definitely go on to what i would call the gig workers and and i think people are complaining about um, retention these days yeah and i think that's that's um, the problem is that i think retention will no more remain a problem because i think everybody will be a gig worker so and and i think if we try to ride against the wave and and uh, try to retain people it's not going to work anymore people will move on there's no more that on site camaraderie i like we have had people hired in the last two years that we never met they yeah. got on boarded they worked and they have left also and have not seen them <laughs> so <laughs> yeah th- so, these yeah. are these these are just weird uh I mean, weird if you are looking at it from a standpoint of January two thousand twenty, right? But yeah. now it becomes normal, and I think you are very correct, Vipul. I think our definitions will need to change. Like we we use our definitions of uh, you know uh, what is it called churn? What is the word for anyway, retention? Churn, retention, yeah. retention. Yeah, I mean, uh, so those numbers, those percentages that are looked at, you know, oh, this is a good number to target for. Yeah. I think those definitions are definitely uh, right. changing. Indeed. What about uh, this um, collaborative apps, right? So mm-hmm. again, I bring this up in almost all conversations that I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think like is Zoom very much like zero point five version point five of it, or do you think? <laughs> yeah where do you see this going like i mean zoom is just one thing right which is video right, right. chat and all and right. there is of course a whole gamut of collaborative apps including like we mentioned slack ms teams uh, any tool like jira asana trello all of these are also collaborations right but where do you see this going i think um, i will now use maybe something that i heard from satya sure. and uh, so uh, he said that um, microsoft teams could become as significant as the internet browser or the operating system 
Right. So they like as much as you're using the word tool, they are like Jira as a tool, Trello as a tool, and you refer to Slack as a tool. I think uh, the broader vision that the industry, like Slack and Microsoft Teams, these are the bigger players, and they can have that vision is that these are platforms now. Mm. So, so that is the reason you are starting to see like such a huge push from both these organizations. Let's bring all the apps in. So it's it. an app development platform. It's uh, it's it's the way that. Windows came in and it became an app platform app. If the app was not on Microsoft Teams, it was not there. Then then came the era of an internet browser. If the app was not in the internet browser, it is not there. Like so, so I think we over the next uh, when we meet a year later, we would actually look back at this conversation and say like people who missed out on the collaboration platform revolution, who did not show up on this collaboration platform, would be gone. They would not be like very often. I go and install a a new app on Microsoft Teams and it just gives me access to Trello. I don't yeah. want to go and access it on an internet browser. So if I'm chatting with colleagues there, I want my data also there and my apps to also show up there. So I think this platform shift is is happening as we, as we are speaking and it, it's going to stay, right? And there will be winners and losers. Yeah. People who are, who are seeing this as a platform are the companies that are going to win. 100%. I mean, there is some bias there because we also built for Slack and MS Teams. And interestingly, <laughs> Zoom has also now launched apps, right? So they launched right. with uh, their first 50 apps. Of course, the program is still in beta, so it's not open to right. everyone. But yeah, like you said, why would you? Why would I want to move outside of Slack when all of my conversations are happening within Slack? Right. You can, in fact, bring all your emails also within Slack, right? All yeah, of yeah. those integrations yeah. are uh, available. Uh, but in terms of, so this is, of course, you know, the collaborative apps and such. Where do you see this going? So where I'm coming from is one one school of thought is this, I mean, early days, but metaverse, right? Which Facebook yeah. Facebook wants to own your home office as well. And they're like, right. you know, where are VR classes? And then you can work together in your boardroom, just like you did in your uh, old school office. Uh, there is some mention of, Metaverse by uh, Satya Nadella as well, right? Uh, right? Which was corporate metaverse. And right. where do you think this, this is going? Or is, is this just a figment of imagination of these uh, visionary founders and CEOs? Then, like I, I, and again, just as an opinion, I don't think uh, that will happen to the degree that, uh, or, or, or maybe it will happen. Maybe the technology becomes so seamless that will become part of our day-to-day -day life, right? But uh, I think IBM back in the day actually had something similar, or at least they were trying to peddle something like a third life, I think it was called. And uh, they would be like personas of people that will just show up in a meeting. It would track hands and you can, you're sipping coffee to see that you're sipping coffee. You can point towards the board and everybody will see that somebody's pointing to the board. So I think, uh, some of that augmented reality kind of things will definitely start creeping into our workplace. But maybe the world would have moved on. People would not even want to be in a face-to-face -face interaction. Like, as you said, like maybe the core team will, will meet face-to-face, -face, will still want to be uh, together. But then you would have, um, like the rest of the people could be anywhere and, and as well could be bots, but we, <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. 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 These are all, like I said, you know, like I mentioned, this is all crystal ball gazing. No one knows the answer. Right. Uh, we can all, all just, uh, you know, postulate our opinions, so to speak. Right. We were one last question before we close this. Yeah. Coming back to the 
people, the human side of business, what is the biggest learning that you have had? Aside, of course, you know, you've built products, you've developed products by coding and all of that. But, you know, building an organization, hiring people, uh, being responsible for their careers, being responsible for their growth. What are some of the biggest learnings you have had as a founder and CEO of Unscramble? Okay. And, and, uh, yeah, so so I think uh, building trust with people is very important to keep them motivated is very important as well. And, uh, and underlying both of this is communication. So, and, and as the pandemic struck, like communication took a hit, but I think we have evolved now to like figure out ways to better communicate with that. So I think if now I reverse the course of what we're saying, like communication is central to everything that we do. Like if you're not communicating the vision, the strategy of the company, how we are doing, Openness is very important. Otherwise, now that you're not meeting people, it would it will impact you negatively. Building trust is important because you're remote and uh, you, you you should uh, yeah. So so some of those things that's what I have learned right beyond coding and things will get done. But I think to to motivate people to make sure that people trust in you trust you and and your vision is is central to driving forward in company. Fantastic. Great conversation. We've ever loved, loved every minute of it. If people want to connect with you, I'm, I'm guessing LinkedIn is the best place. Are you elsewhere as well? Some place else? Uh, LinkedIn, Twitter. Yeah, you can probably find me there just by Googling my name and uh, yeah, happy to connect. Perfect. Anyway, this that those uh, LinkedIn and Twitter links will be in the show notes for our listeners. Uh, thank you so much, Vibhor, for coming on the Shape of Work podcast, giving us your precious time and sharing your Uh, experiences and expertise with us sure thanks abash thanks for giving me the opportunity to share my thoughts and opinions yeah